in the province of Nova Scotia with a population of 982,326 people, there is only one active missing child case. In total, there are 24 missing people. In Illinois, with a population of 12.8 million, there are 317 missing people. Hello, I'm your host, Sheena. And I'm Christina. Welcome to Milk Carton Cases, a missing person podcast dedicated to unsolved missing person cases in Canada and the U.S. Today, I will be discussing the disappearance of baby Dylan Ehler. And I will be talking about the disappearance of Timothy Pitson. Before we go on into our stories, I just wanted to make a little quick announcement. So today is going to be our last episode for this season. Sad, I know, but what it really means is that we're taking a break for about, what, a month, Christina? Probably, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be back in August-ish. Yep. We're not going to give you an exact date because we're not sure, but it's we're going to take off a month for yep. obvious reasons. It's we got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got, we unfortunately, well, we fortunately have things to do. So we're going to do those things and then we're going to come back. Sounds good. Yep. All right. So I will, I will take the lead. Mm-hmm. I will start off. The story that I'm going to discuss today, it, I did say he's a baby. I say that because he's three years old when he when he goes missing. So I guess technically he's not a baby. He is a toddler. The story of this case takes place in the province of Nova Scotia. So as usual, I will fill your ears with a few facts on this East Coast province before diving into the details of the case. Nova Scotia, or Nouvelle Cus in French, yes, um, it basically in French it means New uh, Scotland. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So it is one of three of Canada's maritime provinces. If you didn't know that, uh, it has um, a border with the Atlantic Ocean, and there's also uh, some other water borders, including uh, the Bay of Fundy. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bay of Fundy. No. Okay. Uh, it's Canada's second smallest province after PEI. Um, It also has an island belonging to the province called Cape Breton, just for another fun fact. Are you looking at it on the map? I am looking at it. I didn't realize it was over by Maine that far. Yes, Maine. That was another thing I was going to, I forgot to write down, but I was going to bring it up. Yeah. Nova Scotia is Latin, like I had said before. Um, In French, it's Nouvelle Cus, New Scotland, it's Latin for, Nova Scotia is Latin for New Scotland. And that came about due to the early years when the, when there was Scottish settlers that came to Canada and that part of the country, that's where we got that name. Hmm. Uh, Nova Scotia, their biggest industries all revolve around the sea and the waterways, as you can imagine. So lots of uh, shipping by water, fishing, uh, they have really great lobster in Nova Scotia. Uh, it's home to about 
more actually not about more than 3000 lakes hundreds of rivers and creeks and streams there's lots of water all around these uh this province so that mean that's just like kind of swampy then i wouldn't say swampy okay its capital city is uh halifax with a little under 415,000 people and then there's a handful of other smaller populated towns more known in, in the province. One of them includes Truro, where this story takes place. Truro has a population of just under 21,000 people. Yeah. And that is um, one of the towns after Halifax that is most populated in that province. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty small. Yeah. So on a Wednesday afternoon... At around 1 p.m. on May 6, 2020, a three-year-old boy named Dylan Ehler went missing from his grandmother's backyard in the town of Truro, Nova Scotia. Dorothy Parsons, Dylan's grandmother, in an interview with CTV News explained how she was in the backyard with Dylan when she turned away for only a moment to take care of her dog, try and get her dog on a leash. And when she turned back, Dylan was no longer there. Just like that, he was gone. She says he was nowhere in sight. She says there's no explanation. She doesn't understand it herself and claims that it couldn't have been longer than 18 or 20 seconds. Wow. Yeah. This was the last time anybody's seen Dylan. So pretty much immediately after Dylan's grandmother discovered that Dylan was no longer there and she couldn't see him anywhere in front of her or even a little bit further down, she contacted the authorities. The Truro Police Department, the fire department, search and rescue teams, they were all on the scene, both on the ground and in the air, conducting a search for him, like I said, immediately. Wow. The search included support from the RCMP, which, as you know, we talked about who the RCMP is, fleet police task force in all of the country. Um, they had a canine unit um, helping with the search, and they also had a dive team. Because, like I said, there's a lot of water. All that to say, his case was taken very seriously and immediately. It's said to have all begun, the search has all begun around 1.30 p.m. that afternoon. So when I said fast, I mean fast. By around 7.30 p.m., one of Dylan's rubber boots was found in the water of a nearby fast-moving brook called Leopard Brook, which also happens to flow into a nearby river, Salmon River. While the first boot was found at 7.30 p.m., his other boot was later discovered further down um, by um, further down the brook by 9 p.m. The location, though, where it was found is actually right before the meeting point of the brook and the river. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it kind of tells you that, like, the search could, could possibly go further mm -hmm. into the waterways. Because of the latest discovery being around the river, the search ended up being more focused in those waters. Uh, thermal imaging and underwater cameras were used right into actually all the way overnight into the next morning, which then turned into an extensive search of the Salmon River, both in the water and on the banks, uh, and also by air. They had a helicopter searching the waterways from, from above. Since Salmon River does run into Cobequid Bay, um, by Friday, the search team moved their efforts to the bay, but sadly, no evidence was ever discovered. So what's concerning or even discouraging is that Cobequid Bay connects to another 
uh, Bay Basin before it hits the Bay of Fundy. So I don't know if you know about the Bay of Fundy, but um, they're known to have, Bay of Fundy is known to have some of the highest tides in the world. Of, yeah. The height tide difference ranges from 3.5 meters, 11 feet, and can even reach up to 16 meters, 53 oh, feet. Crap. 160 billion tons of seawater flow in and out of the bay twice each day. It happens every 12 hours. So it may not seem fast, but it, it sure does feel fast when you're in the water, near the water, um, or even just watching it for an hour. Mm -hmm. It is actually something to see. Um, and if ever you have the opportunity, I'd suggest going to see the Bay of Fundy. Anyways, just to give you an, an idea of what kind of water we're talking about, um, so I've been to the Bay of Fundy and I've witnessed how, how low the tide goes and how, how fast and how high it rises. And it's really scary. I've, I've been there where the tide was extremely low mm -hmm. and you know, the markers of how high it can get, it was, it, it was, it's unbelievable when you're down there and you're looking up and you're seeing like the top of a cliff, like pretty much is where it reaches and you're walking down below. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, nature. <laughs> It can be scary, can be dangerous. So the waterways that they could be looking for him could have been swept into the Bay of Fundy. And then from there, it kind of feels like it's a really difficult job to try and find something in that those types of waters. Mm -hmm. So despite the tremendous effort focused on the riverbanks, and um, Dylan's parents have another theory. And I'm just going to read directly from an article by Toronto Star, what Dylan's father, Jason, he goes, the boots don't make sense. The boots have never made sense. There were two boots that were near the water and there were, and they were found six or seven hours after he disappeared. Mm -hmm. People covered that ground as soon as, and as, as Dylan's grandmother screamed for help. As soon as the grandmother called for help, there was a guy instantly, instantly at that brook and there was nothing then. No boots, no boy, no nothing. Okay. Yeah. So his parents truly suspect that his disappearance is a kidnapping and not a tragic accident. And then they just planted the boots to... Yeah. That I, what I think they're implying is that the boots were put later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They also believe that the search conducted was too focused on the waterways and not at all um, into any other possibilities like a kidnapping. So according to one source, uh, both Ashley, which is Dylan's mother, and Jason... Noted that there was a train bridge that went right over the exact location where one of his boots were found. Mm -hmm. And that they say that it's very possible that somebody could have just thrown him over the bridge at that point. And mm -hmm. maybe one kind of went down, got car carried off by the water a bit. But, and nothing, um, according to this, according to them and the source, the, the cops, the police force did not look into that theory or anything like that. And anything by land that went away from the water was not really explored. Hmm. So, um, with that being said, there has, there was, and still kind of is a bit more drama behind all of this. There have been like a lot of people, when people go missing, there have been a lot of, uh, Facebook groups or there, there are Facebook groups to help with the search. Um, in this case, there's a lot of drama uh, on the Facebook groups. Um, there was one created to help with searching for for Dylan that ended up turning into a cyber bullying space. The man running the, this group 
because there was a few, but this specific one, claims that the intention for the group was only for good, and then people began to theorize that Dylan's parents were involved. And it turned very ugly very quick. His parents even got death threats. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the the admin of the group, this man, did remove, he says he removed the posts and the images. However, screenshots were taken, and people continued to circulate and uh, continue on the rumors and the the theories, the evil theories. Um, there were around 13 groups, actually. Yeah, however, uh, it was this one group that ended up fa- having to face um, charges in court. Wow. So they took them to court. Uh, they went to court actually on April 6th of this year. Yeah. Oh, man. So the group was called Dylan Ehler Open for Discussions. Yeah, and then there was another group that said uh, was called Dylan Ehler open for open for suggestions. So I mean, yeah, is that really helping? No. Even that title right there, you're, you're like, already mm. kind of opening yourself up to something. There. Exactly. And these two uh, groups were administered by April Diane Moulton and Tom Hurley. So Dylan's parents' um, lawyer launched a court action. Uh, launched launched a court action against Moulton and Hurley under the Nova Scotia's Intimate Images and Cyber Protection Act. So that's what they that's what he used in order to take them to court. Um, it was signed by the courts, and they are now prohibited from reopening those discussion groups or starting an anyone like it, any another one like it. Mm-hmm. Moulton is also prohibited from making any further uh, Facebook. Uh, public posts about Dylan Ehler or his parents at all. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, it was pretty serious. Um, yeah, so in a Global News article, there was a mention of his parents receiving ransom also. This is aside from the uh, that Facebook drama, mm-hmm. but they were also receiving uh, false ransom messages demanding ransom in a form of cryptocurrency in order to get Dylan's return. Um, the Truro Police Department deemed that it was fake was false and that kind of got squashed but that was that um and then later on on another facebook <clears throat> facebook post there was a claim of a sighting that dylan was seen in new brunswick which is a, a province nearby mm-hmm. but upon surveillance looking at surveillance footage and also interviewing the person in the footage um it was deemed also false so the cops did the police did investigate and they to, they spoke face to face with the person in the camera and it I don't know what child it doesn't explain what exactly they saw how how they mistaken that kid for Dylan but mm-hmm. it was it was investigated and it wasn't it wasn't a real lead okay yeah so basically to sum all this up <clears throat> Dylan's parents are not only victims of an incredible tragedy but they're also victims of abuse um, and painful accusations and and ultimately things like that end up hurting the case if you if you're looking at it from my perspective i think it it ends up hurting the case rather than helping it mm-hmm. um and what his parents really want is to bring either their son home and i think they want to bring him home and i think at this point they're desperate to bring him home in whichever condition they can they just want they want answers they want some kind of closure right exactly so there is an, a reward and it's set at this point to $18,207. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
And this was as of November 2020. And that is for any information regarding his disappearance leading up to, yeah, discovery. Truro Police Chief David McNeil says that it's still an open missing persons investigation. Both Jason and Ashley, Dylan's parents, are still actively searching and conducting their own investigation in the hopes of finding their son or some answers. They have not given up hope that he's still alive and out there somewhere. So Dylan was last seen again. I'm going to just go through this. He was last seen at 1 p.m. on that day of May 6, 2020. He was wearing a dark green jacket with a number uh, with a number sewn badge, including an American flag, a faux fur hood, camo pants, and bright blue rubber boots, which we now know he does not have on him. His date of birth was is April 16th, and he just turned four years old t this year. Uh, he's got brown hair, rosy cheeks, a green left eye, and a right blue eye. So that's pretty distinct. Mm -hmm. Anyone with information is asked is asked to call immediately Truro Police Service at 902-895-5351. That's, that's crazy it. how quickly he just disappeared. No, like no indication at all no like, that's insane yeah i i can't imagine being his grandmother turning around for yeah well less less than a minute and then and, Turn around and turning no back idea around. what just happened yeah it's really strange i like even for a three-year-old to be able to i mean i guess kids are fast but but still you would imagine that you'd be able to see them you know running down the street or something or something yeah and i mean even if he was kidnapped you, I would imagine How? that you would see. She must a have been a little far away from him. I yeah. don't know, but they were in the backyard. I don't know how big this backyard is, but I don't know. And he's wearing a winter coat. You think that like all these things, like you would have heard, would have noticed something, something noticed something. It's yeah. I I find it hard to believe that he could have just like ran away and and disappeared. I think something. Else, else somebody else is involved i that's what i think i really find it difficult to believe that the parents are involved oh yeah that that part i was like what thrown kind of thrown off um and especially since the grandmother was the last person with them with him right it's, it's like so then why aren't you accusing of the grandmother like the grandmother of doing right, that like, you why know are you putting it on, the, on parents? the parents it's weird um i don't i don't think that's what it is but i do think that the, there's something more to the story for sure that's what i believe yep all right well um shall we take a break sounds good all right thanks we'll be right back So, for the end of our season, I figured I'd take a look at a case in my home state of Illinois. Um, so, for this case, we're going to be traveling all over Illinois and Wisconsin to a lot of super small towns that no one's ever heard of. So, Sheena, I'm going to have you look at Google Maps with me and help me explain my locations, make sure, sure they're making sense, and then at least you'll have an idea sure. of where we're going. Sure, sure, sure. This I'm going to zoom in. all over the place. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. So, Timothy Pitson was born on October 18th, 2004, and is the only child of James or Jim Pitson and Amy Joan Marie Fry Pitson. He grew up in Aurora, Illinois, which is a western suburb of Chicago. 
Timothy spelled his name with two M's, even though some articles just spell it with one, um, because his mother, Amy, wanted him to spell it with two M's so that he would feel special. Aw. So I thought that was cute. That's cute. Mm-hmm. So on the morning of May 11th, 2011, Jim dropped Timothy off at kindergarten, and less than 30 minutes later, between 8.10 and 8.15, Amy pulled him out of school, saying there was a family emergency. So, of course, now we know that there was no emergency, and it was just kind of her way to get him out of school. Um, oh, sorry. Yep. Were they together, the parents? Yes. Okay. Yes, they were married. They're together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Amy and Timothy then drove into Chicago, where she dropped her blue 2004 Ford Expedition off at a repair shop at 10 a.m. in the morning. One of the workers then drove them to the Brookfield Zoo, where they spent the day until 3 p.m. when they returned to the repair shop to pick up the car. However, instead of heading back home, Amy drove them to the far northern suburbs of Chicago to Gurney, Illinois, which is only 13 miles from the Wisconsin border. They checked into the Key Lime Cove Resort, which basically just looks like a big water park hotel, you know, like that kind of a thing. Yeah. So, so follow me now. So we started in Chicago and then we just went northern Chicago, basically to Illinois or to Wisconsin. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. So that's day one. And this is all just um, the mother and the son. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So meanwhile, back in Aurora, Jim went to pick up Timothy from kindergarten, only to hear that Amy had checked him out that morning. Mm. He called her repeatedly, but she never picked up. When she, he still hadn't heard anything from her the next morning, he reported both of them missing. So now we're on May 12th, the day after Amy and Timothy ran away. Amy drives them two and a half hours north to the middle of Wisconsin to the Wisconsin Dells, where they check into the Kalahari Resort. So have you ever heard of the Wisconsin Dells before? Is no. A thing that you talk about in Canada? No. It's It's a big Midwestern like thing. Have you heard of Branson, Missouri? Uh, the place? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So yeah. it's like, you know, like kind of like showy, like theme parky, you know, like, oh, it's kind of like a... No, I thought you meant like, have I heard those names? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Fair. That's fair. Sorry. No, 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 no I fair. don't know. I was just know trying to relate it. it to something. Okay. I, I know I know where Missouri is, but uh, no, I don't fair. know. What is it? Please so, explain. So, Wisconsin Dells, uh, it's like a huge, like, Midwestern, like, water park place. Like, it's very, okay. like, um, touristy, you know, like, like they have flags. a lot of, like, attractions oh. or, like, attract, like, you know, like, roadside attractions. Oh, okay. Like, it's kind of like. Like a tourist town area? Yeah, it's kind, kind of like a oh, weird tourist trap. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like. Weird. But it's like, it has a bunch of water parks. Like, that's their big thing. You know, it's like you go up there and you stay in one of the resorts and you hang out at the water park all day. Okay. So. No, I have not heard of that. It's very fun. fun. It's also very random. But yeah, that's just what the Wisconsin Dells are. So just basically like. Okay. Big water park resorts. Now we kind of know where we are. All right. Um, We're going to assume that they. Still trying to find it on the map, but. Just type in uh, Wisconsin Dells. Okay. There's two words. Okay. And then you'll be able to see where we are. So it's pretty far up there. I think it's, what did I say? Two and a half hours north of where they spent the night in Gurney. In Gurney. Okay. So that's where we are now. All right. I'm with you. Okay. So we're just going to assume that they spent the day hanging out at the water park, having fun, doing, you know, Wisconsin Dells things, uh, because the next time we really see Amy and Timothy is on a security camera checking out of the resort at 10 a.m. on the 13th. So they're both still together. They're leaving the hotel, basically. Okay. At 1.30 p.m., Amy called several different people, including her mother and her husband's brother, but not her husband. What? She said that they were fine and not in any trouble, and she reportedly told Jim's brother that Timothy belongs to me. 
Her cell phone records put her three hours directly south from the Dells near Sterling, Illinois, which is only 45 minutes from my hometown. Oh. So, yeah. fun fact. So, see where we are now? Yes, I do. So, she drove 10, they check out at 10 a.m., drive all the way south, 1.30, she's calling people Sterling, Illinois. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, we're just on a giant road trip at this mm-hmm. point, right? Yeah, we're you are. We're covering a lot of ground. Yeah, I see that. I was like, wait, doing out, out, out. Yep. We're all over the place. So during the phone calls, Timothy could be heard in the background, sounding very normal and just saying that he was hungry. So no, nothing Nothing to to be concerned about, except, you know, that they've ran away at this point, right? Roughly six hours after the phone calls, Amy was in Winnebago, Illinois, a suburb of Rockford, Illinois, which is an hour north of Sterling and halfway between Chicago and the Iowa-Illinois border. Okay. So do you see where we are? I, well, right now, I'm, maybe I'm zoomed out too much, but I see Naperville, I see Cedar Rapids, I see Des Moines. Yep, okay, on that so that's side. a little too far. So look for Rockford, Illinois. Oh, yeah, okay. So we're right outside of Rockford. Okay. So six hours after the phone calls, right? Oh, yeah. We are an hour north of where the phone calls were made. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Follow me so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so... It, from what I was looking at, potentially she could have been heading back up to Wisconsin, right? Because it's kind of on that same line to get back up to the Dells. Yeah. Or she could have been on her way back, back. into Illinois yeah. after being in Wisconsin because it's only a three-hour drive between okay. the Dells and Sterling, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Following me? Yes. Okay. Um, so anyway, while she was in Winnebago, she was seen at a family dollar and bought stationery by herself. Like, uh, you know, note cards, pens, papers, that kind of station. Without the kid. She was alone. Uh, okay. Then she went into a nearby Sullivan's Foods at 8 p.m., also alone, and checked into the Rockford Inn between 11.15 and 11.30 p.m. Sometime that night or early the next morning, she cut her wrists and neck and overdosed on antihistamines. So she was found at 12.30 p.m. on May 14th by one of the inn's employees. She was 43 years old. So she... Wow. She committed suicide. She committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And where's her son? That's the where's million Timothy? dollar question. Oh, so God. with her body was a note, and later it was discovered that she had mailed two letters, one to her mother and another one to a friend. The notes basically said that Timothy was fine and with people who cared about him, but never mentioned who those people were. The notes also said that no one would ever find him. In the letter she sent to her mother, Amy wrote, I've tried very hard to fit in. To be happy, to be good to those around me, but somehow I've always felt apart from everything. Tim helped me with that for a while, and maybe if Jim had been better, Jim and I had been better, I would have been okay. But everything fell apart, and this time there were just too many pieces for me to pick up again. I can't take the chance of Jim hurting Tim because of my choices. So I've taken him somewhere safe. He will be well cared for, and he says that he loves you. Please know that there is nothing you could have said or done that would have changed my mind. I'm sorry for the hurt and difficulties I know you're going to face. I just hope you'll be able to forgive me one day. So that is a loaded letter. When asked about this, Jim said that he knew his marriage to Amy was in trouble, but had no idea anything like this was coming. They had been arguing before Timothy's disappearance because Amy went on a cruise with her friend for her birthday without Jim, and they were talking about splitting up. Jim was Amy's fourth husband. She had been divorced three times before. Oh, Apparently, when she was married to her second husband, she attempted suicide by parking her car on train tracks and finally drove off at the last minute, so there's a history. 
Um, she had been taking medication for depression, and family and friends guessed that she might have ran off with Timothy because she was afraid she wouldn't get custody if they got a divorce because of her history with mental illness. Right. Mm-hmm. But, mm, okay. Yep. It still doesn't, okay, yeah. Yeah. But that's just kind of, you know, give yeah. you an idea of where her mind might have yes. been when all this was happening. So, obviously, Timothy isn't with Amy at this point. Also missing are Amy's cell phone, Timothy's Spider-Man backpack, his toys and clothes that Amy had bought for him while they were on the road, uh, the clothes Amy was wearing at the Kalahari Resort, and a, a tube of Crest toothpaste, which I don't know how they know that, but that's, yeah, that's beside weird. the point, um, and an iPass transponder. So the iPass is basically Illinois' version of like a toll tag. You know? oh, okay. It's just like a little thing you Velcro in your car. and. But they know for a fact that the body it was hers. Okay, why why are her clothes missing? Yeah, those are it's just their checklist of things that were missing. So it's like Timothy's stuff being missing. Let that makes sense. Yeah, that's but fine. her stuff. Yeah, and it's just the clothes she was wearing at the resort. Uh, Timothy's car seat was also missing, so authorities initially mm. believed that she had really given him to somebody else. Yeah, but eventually they found it at his grandmother's house in Ohio, what? and she had had it a week before Timothy's disappearance. And that was what it said in the article. But my, in my mind, they're still missing a car seat because what else would he have been in? Unless he wasn't in a car seat. Unless he wasn't in a car yeah. seat. He was six. Uh, he was pretty small, though. I don't. I guess I don't know I how, mean, how big our six-year-old's supposed to be. Let's mm, be honest. But he was like 70 pounds. I don't know. That's pretty small. But, I mean, if she's on the run and I, God knows. Like, you know, she might have but been I, like whatever. It's like, you know, Ohio is a whole other state away. That's got to be at least, you know, like four five, six hours four or six hours yeah not bad i am and she'd had it for a week you know mm. it's like wouldn't you have had a doesn't that make sense to have like two car seats at that point yeah but if you don't have the money for it if That's, this like if it's complicated if you're on the run you might yeah. be like okay i guess i'm not thinking some, about it as much as like being on the run i'm more thinking about it like, like planned uh not even that it's just like i mean before this had happened, you know, the grandmother had the car seat. Yeah. You know? Yes, 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 yes. Does that make sense? Um, I guess if the grandmother was the one picking. Because she's in Ohio, which is a whole, there's a state but in between Jim Illinois has a car seat, I'm sure. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, I, that's that's what I would, I would think Jim would have a car oh, seat because I he's see picking up his son. I see what you're saying. But so then, like maybe they, mm. whenever they would drive around, they would use Jim's car. Right. And then. But then what car did she use to run she off? Had a, she had a, a Expedition, a Ford Expedition. They didn't say if. But she dropped him. No, she, yeah. Jim, yeah, yeah, Jim yeah. So Jim is the one who dropped her him at off. Kindergarten, and then and was she probably came and picked pick, him up. So I'm assuming yeah. that they have two cars. So yes, that would make sense. Yeah, so maybe they only have that one, one car, car seat, seat and it was in his car. Okay. And then the grandmother has one just for when they visit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I'm question, thinking. Question solved. Thank you. I was just <laughs> I don't like. I know if it's true. But, but that makes a lot I'm more thinking. sense because they're just like, oh, well, obviously the car seat isn't missing. It's like, aren't we still missing a car yeah, seat? Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, technically th there should be another one. But what you said makes yeah. a lot of sense. Okay. That makes me feel <laughs> better. better about that. Okay. So getting back to this, uh, when they looked in Amy's car, they found a surprising amount of Timothy's blood in the back seat. Oh, However, shit. they couldn't tell how long the blood stains had been there. And Timothy was known for getting nosebleeds. Oh. And many family members can recall one particularly they described as gushing uh, that oh. he got in the back seat. Okay. So 
Because I was going to say blood. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, but but nosebleeds. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he was known for getting a very bad one. So that's Man. kind of why they're like, well. Yikes. You can't tell but how I mean, long that's going to I mean, there. if somebody's, yeah. Nosebleeds, yeah. And it, it was just the the imagery that uh, they gave when, you know. Gushing. Yep. Yeah. So I was kind of like, well, that might make sense. Um, also, the knife that Amy killed herself with did not have any of Timothy's blood on it. So. Thank God. Yep. So now we're going to get into some kind of cool stuff. Um, okay. In addition, her car was visibly dirty, had soil, tall grass, and weeds stuck underneath it. Forensic testing on the plant and sediment materials indicated she had stopped for a while on a gravel area just off an asphalt ro- road that had at one time been treated with glass road marking beads. So just like... Oh, specific. The, it's gets more specific so it's like kind of crazy the level of detail that they were able to like figure out about huh. where her car had been um they had like a, a gravel specialist come in or something i have no idea but i i found this part like very cool just <laughs> for like how much they were able to find out about where her car had been mm. from like things that were on it so um i did look up what glass road marking beads were because yeah i was, was curious yeah what is that um so you know like in the middle like the middle stripe of the road and like the the end stripes yeah how they kind of reflect back at you yeah yeah those are because of glass marking beads so they just oh. like give it a, the paint a reflective quality oh isn't that fun glass marking beads yeah and so that's just like how you know to stay on the road it's like squished onto the road I, yeah because it's like well have you seen them like paint the road before where they're like yeah. painting the lines down yeah so they're just like little itsy bitsy like microscopic beads no. that like reflect the glass like reflect the light back at you so you can like See the line. That's interesting. Stay in it. Isn't that That's fun? Cool. Okay, so fun. so so basically, she was pulled off on the side of a road, like just any road. It's okay. basically like it sounded very. It sounded cool. specific. It sounded like, super specific, and it. Um, and I was like, oh, just every road. We're gonna get very specific, but yeah, I read okay. that part and I was like, how do they know? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, you mean like any road <laughs> so <laughs> yeah kind of yeah sort yep. of yeah that's yep. what we mean <laughs> okay but now we're gonna get very specific and okay. i think it's fun so Jokes aside yes okay yeah, yeah. ready for this yeah okay her car had been backed into a grassy meadow or field mm-hmm. that contained queen's queen anne's lace and black mustard plants and would have been nearly tree- treeless some ochre birch trees birch trees in the general area but not in the direct place where she stopped the car there was possibly a pond or a small stream close by. How do you how? know that? How, how do you know that there are oak? I, okay, I understand knowing that there's oak and birch trees, but just in the general area and not in the direct place. How do you? I don't how know. How do you get that level of specificity? Mm, that seems like an expert came in that knows trees and land and like. How do you get this job? That's pond? what I want to know parks and rec no i'm kidding it's gotta be <laughs> from what i've seen on that show <laughs> you're no, correct. You definitely need a little bit more information on, on soil and whatnot to be able to that's it's yeah, very specific that is very very specific um they also investigators mm-hmm. also believe that the land had not been cultivated either as a lawn or for growing crops and think that the meadow is probably in lee or whiteside county but are also considering considering carol Ogle, Stevenson, and Winnebago counties. So while that sounded cool to start with, mm. it's basically all the northwestern Illinois counties that are there. And um, knowing that it wasn't, you know, lawn or crops, I think, you know, you would find some level of pesticide, which is why they're okay. assuming it's not that. So it was like, <laughs> I read it, I was like, this is all like very cool. Like some parts are cooler than others. The trees I thought was like 
ended up wow. being the most interesting. Of yeah. Like, how do you figure this out? So I thought that was crazy. Just like the, their level of specificity. Yeah. But I really, I really, I really wonder who it was that came into. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a little lowdown of what's going on right here. There was some trees here, some trees there, but she wasn't really close to the tree. How? Right. I know. It's How? Like they know where she was, like generally where she was from cell phone records, but that's really they all that they have. Do they see tire tracks? Do they go and check those? No, they don't know exactly where it was. They don't know exactly where she was. They just have an, what it an idea. It right. Like. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm sure like you could narrow it down that way, but still like having like at this point all you have is a car parked in the parking lot of a hotel interesting you know like I, yeah an hour away you know mm. so crazy 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 yep uh anymore no that was oh, okay. that was all the fun specific okay. things but sorry but i just thought that was very cool uh investigators also think that amy had been planning this for months According to her iPass history, on the on February 18th and March 20th of 2011, Amy took two trips to the area that Timothy would disappear from. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. She spent four to five hours in the area before going home. So Maybe meeting the people that she's leaving him right. with. Yeah, or, you know, if you want to think the worst, like, she's finding a spot, you know? Oh, God. So just depending really how you want to look at it. But I'm, she, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking he's with some happy family. I really hope so. Amy also had an old email account from 2007 using her maiden name that her husband didn't know about, but there was nothing useful in any of those emails. Okay. So that turned out to be kind But of she was us. still using them, that email address? Yes. Okay. I don't They didn't go into like specifics about mm-hmm. it. Like maybe it was just like a spam account, you know, like I have old spam accounts that I yeah. never use anymore, but yeah, I still have it's my still old open. In high school. Um, so... We're going to go back to the cell phone for a minute. So it wasn't, it was missing Yeah. from the room. Uh, and 2013. Her, her toothpaste. <laughs> the toothpaste. I don't understand. Like, how do you know the toothpaste? Stinky okay. breath. Anyway, <laughs> back to the cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The cell phone. Um, in 2013, the police actually received Amy's cell phone. So in 2011, a woman found the phone on the side of the road, just north of Mount Carroll, uh, which is 40 minutes northwest of Sterling going towards Iowa, not Rockford. Okay. See where we are? I see Rockford. Uh, so go towards Iowa and look for Mount Carroll. It's very small. You might have to zoom in. I might have to zoom in. Uh, you should just type it in at this point, I Mount think. Mount Carroll? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give me a second. C-A-R-R-O-L-L. Oh, well, yeah. It's, very, it's a tiny, tiny little town. Okay. So. So Mount Carroll... Oh, there's a little there's a picture of people standing outside. It looks like a house party. I mean, what else are you going to do? I'm eh. Carol. <laughs> cool. Um, so if you kind of zoom out a little bit, but like yeah. keeping in mind where that is. So she was in Sterling where the phone calls were made, right? Okay. That was the last time we heard from yes. her was in Sterling. We found her six hours later in Rockford. She's yes. going not the opposite direction, but kind of the opposite direction. From where she was found. That was where her cell phone was found, right? Yeah. So we know that she would have had to have been in Mount Carroll before she made it to Rockford. Right. Where? So she's going, she's going oh, up. Rockford is here. Yeah. And then where? where's this Sterling? Sterling was the down south one. So like if I you look, it's it. like a V almost. Oh, so she's going like this. So... We started up in the Dells, right? Yes. We drove all the way south to Sterling. Yes. She made her phone calls in Sterling. Okay. 
Then at some point she had to go over to Mount Carroll. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're looking the roof. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then she went over to Rockford. Uh-huh. And killed herself. Right? Yeah. So that's a lot of random driving just to ditch your cell phone. Right? Yes. Following me? Yes, it is. Yes. I'm sure there's reason to it. I'm there's sure reason there is for too. it though. But she's but yeah. she's doing a lot of driving. To the, you, you know. think it's just to ditch her phone? You think she did that detour? I think she, uh, that's that's what you're thinking. Yeah, to ditch a phone. I mean, it took so it took her six hours to get from right because last time we heard from her in Sterling, yeah. six hours later we heard from her or we know she checked in in Rockford. In six hours, yeah. you know, you can go a lot of places in six hours, basically. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. So. 2011, a woman found the phone on the side of the road, just north of Mount Carroll. Okay. She left it sitting on a shelf until the fall of 2013 when her brother needed a phone and she finally turned it on. When they recognized some of the numbers and whose phone it was, they turned it into the police along with where they found it. How did they recognize the numbers? It was just like the names that were on the phone. Like the case was still in the news probably, you know. Oh. So it was just like people had just been paying attention and then they're like, you know, just going through the phone, you know, oh, and boy. she just hadn't turned it on until then. Okay. So, uh, they told police where they found it. You know, that's, I mean, where it was, um, but nothing else was found in the area and nothing, um, helpful was found on the phone either. Yeah. Okay. Damn it. I'm looking now where Aurora is. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. We're it's like, all, like a zigzag. Yeah. It's up, like down, she's going, down, she up, goes down. up and then down oh, and then, then up then and then out. who knows where and then over. And yeah. Yeah. We are all over the place. Yeah. You really are. Yes. Uh, there were a couple of sightings of Timothy over the years. Oh, really? In 2015, a Florida caller said that a boy had moved into the neighborhood soon after Timothy disappeared. The family's vehicle had a Midwestern license plate, and the boy was homeschooled. And even the boy looked like Timothy. It was not him. In April of 20... How do they know it's not him? DNA. Okay. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. Not like, no, hey, what's your question. name? Oh, no. <laughs> Johnny? Were, it wasn't just kind of like... You sure it's not Timothy? No, no. It's, for sure it's Johnny. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> All right, cool. No, okay. DNA. Got yep. it. Yeah. Yep. Um, in April 2019, there was a young man wandering down the road in Newport, Kentucky, right next to the Ohio border. He claimed that he was Timothy and that he escaped his captors after being passed around and sexually abused for years. He said that he had been held in a red roof inn by two muscular white men. The taller one had a spiderweb tattoo on his neck and the shorter one had a snake tattoo on his arms. They drove a white Ford SUV with yellow transfer paint, Wisconsin plates, and a dent in the back left bum bumper. He said that he escaped from the kidnappers in Ohio and ran across the bridge into Kentucky for help. So there was a lot of media coverage saying that, like, you know, Timothy had been found. Like, there was this boy. It's Timothy. Um, Do you have any of that? Okay. Yeah. But when they compared Timothy's DNA to the boy that was wandering around, it's not him. What happened to that boy, though? His name was actually Brian Michael Reaney, a 23-year-old recently released from prison for burglary and had twice before claimed to be a sex trafficking victim. God. Yep. Damn it. Just when you think, I'm like, at least there's going to be some justice for this little boy. No. Nope. Maybe he used Timothy's name because he knew it would get attention and he needed help. Just, oh, come just on. Like the really? The specifics that he made up, like a, a, 
oh suv with yellow transfer paint you know it's like so they hit something with yellow paint on it that's basically yeah. what them you know it's just like the specifics of it there's like two guys with tattoos and he's like describe you know this is specifics that he goes into is that's great that's why everybody that's, was so some issues um, he was sent back to jail on charges of identity theft and lying to federal investigators. Son of a bitch, man. I was like, yeah, nope. At least somebody will get saved. No, not and even. then ready for this? No. When asked why he impersonated Timothy, no, he said that he saw an interview with Jim Pitson and decided he wanted a dad like that. That's really sad. Yeah. So mm. that's pretty rough. So what could have happened to Timothy? One theory is that Amy killed him and hid his body somewhere in the country. No. From all reports, it still sounds extremely out of character for Amy. And her mom and even Jim say that Amy loved Timothy and they couldn't hope, believe that she would ever yeah, hurt him. However, it is odd that even after 10 years, Timothy's never come forward himself and neither has anybody else. Maybe he's really with somebody, some family member or somebody that really, really cares for him. Maybe there's... Yeah. Jim did say that he doesn't understand what Amy might have said to Timothy so that he wouldn't try to call, you know, his dad, at least. Let him there know. was no abuse in, in the home? None that was reported. Uh, together, he and Amy taught Timothy how to call 911 and gave him an ID card for children with his name, picture, and fingerprint. However, it was found in the hotel room with Amy. So, so now we're to the big question. Yeah. Who could Amy have given him to that would be isolated enough to hide him for this long? So. Any ideas? Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> I have ideas. Let's get to it. <laughs> Let's. Well, she's been married four times before. Could it be that maybe t uh, Jim, Jim mm -hmm. is not really the father of Tim? That was uh, one of the theories Timothy? of like why she ran away in the first place and why in the letter, you know, he's with her someone mom, safe. Well, with her the letter she wrote to her mom she said let me go back to it um i can't take the chance of jim hurting tim because of my choices right so i didn't even put that part into it yeah that was like part of like one Maybe of the like little it, theories but, mm. but it's just like you know from all other reports like it was still like jim you know took really good care of timothy there doesn't you know right no no, no but um if she's planning on killing herself, because right. that's what it sounds like. She was planning on killing herself from the beginning, and then she just needed to make sure that her son mm -hmm. was in uh, good hands. And maybe her, upon her death, maybe whoever it was that is the father mm -hmm. would come out and say something to try and get custody of Timothy, oh. and it would cause some problems then. So instead, she wanted to correct sure. the mistake and make sure, and maybe... She told her, maybe she told Timothy, this is actually your father. I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. that's, um, that's one thing that comes, that was one thing that popped in my head. Like maybe he's not really the father. Yeah. That was definitely one of the theories going around online of like why, another and, reason why they ran away. And as place. for why the child didn't reach out to not, like to authorities and stuff, it's, he's a, he's a child. Yeah. It wouldn't take much to scare him to not do that. They're just, and then I guess if he's like, in a safe environment, eventually he would not feel the need to call. I think most of the thought was, was like he was six, right? Right. That's so like when you're six, I feel like, Mommy, yeah, I don't know a lot about six year olds. Let's be honest. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like when you're six, you know, you just like chat all the time. So it's no, like, no, no, no. they're just like surprised that like it wouldn't have come out, you know, uh, on accident in that yeah. way. You know, it's like, you're just a little chat, little kid. And it's, 
Like, he remembers who his dad is, you know? He remembers yeah. his parents at that point. Yeah. So I think that was also kind of why they were surprised that, like, nothing's accidentally But you also out. be surprised at how much people mind their own business, too, depending know. on where the kid is. <laughs> Midwest. <laughs> well, I'm saying depending on where the kid lives. Yes. In a big city, you know? Right, yes. People that is definitely us, true. But it, yeah, in in a small town, no, that, that's like everybody's oh, all up in everybody's how business. Gonna, how are you gonna hide? But you know, if you take somebody to a bigger city, yeah, yeah, a lot of people mind their own business. Mm-hmm. So, can you think of any other like any other theory secluded group? Potential? Oh no, don't say a cult. We're gonna talk about cults. No, we're talking about yes. cults. It's the cult <laughs> put, cult portion of tonight's episode. Yeah. Not happy, but. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So we're going to talk about. <laughs> do we need to do a whole other episode? Well, I'm not going to go I'm into kidding. the cult too much. No, we're going to keep it short and quick, but got to bring in a cult for the finale. Oh, man. Come I was on. like, no, she's not going to say this cult. This case has it all. Okay. Oh, boy. So we are oh, no. going to discuss the Endeavor oh. Academy or God's oh. Country Place. Oh. We're not going to go too far in depth in this. I'm just going to kind of go over some basics and, you know, it doesn't need to be a whole episode but potentially okay so endeavor academy was founded in 1992 as the new christian church of full endeavor Sorry. led by charles buell anderson who focused the teachings on the book a course in miracles and the new testament of the bible do they have a site uh, a website i don't believe so what? uh so basically they called themselves a school and a church um, so if you look up Endeavor Academy, okay, I looked up God's Country Place, and it yeah, it's like some of it's like people who like have a left church over here. <laughs> the people who have <clears throat> left the group call it God's Country Place, and, and like the members are, I don't know, I use I saw the the abbreviation GCP a lot, so okay, that's why I included uh, that in. But Endeavor Academy, Academy, mm-hmm. in church, God's Church, or something you said, uh, Wisconsin. Yep. Ah. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh yeah, the <laughs> oh, plot thickens. Here we go. Okay, wait. Okay, go. Sorry, yep. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Uh, so their headquarters are in a converted summer resort facility in the middle of the Wisconsin Dells. So mm-hmm. this right smack dab in the water parks. Yeah. Wow, the water park. So people have. I, I'm I, sorry because I was looking at the yep. picture and I'm. Yep. Yes. You're good. So um, people oh. have said that Amy has had connections to this cult, even though I didn't look into the specifics about it. Um, I'm gonna send you this. What I'm looking at right now. Tell me if it's right. Um, sorry. Continue though. Uh, so I didn't look into the specifics about it to see like what ties she might have actually had to the group. Um, look at the picture. Is that it? I, Click on the link. I don't. It's it's a, it's from Google yeah. Earth. Um, I don't think that's it. Cut, okay, because I'm gonna say no to that one. Because that's pretty sketch. Yeah, it's very sketch. Um, I I think they have a, a nicer <laughs> place. Like, uh, in it does not look like it would be in the middle of a resort town looking no. like that. But okay. Nope. Um, I th- yeah, I think they have something a little bit a little bit snazzier. Okay. Um. Yeah, continue. So yeah, I didn't look to see like technically what her connections were, but then other people are bringing up, you know, like why didn't she just stay at, because they technically have like a resort place in the Wisconsin Dells, like where they're 
academy is yeah that like you know members stay at so they're just like well why don't you just stay there instead of you know going to the kalahari resort right? to make it less obvious yep yeah yep <laughs> i'm just done <laughs> listen we've gone over a lot today yeah, <laughs> let's break it down <laughs> yeah no no i know no, I'm just, so yeah so I'm, she didn't go there because right. she didn't want anybody to know that right. that's where she might have brought them so right. then i that was kind of, of like sense. oh but you know they drove all the way down to sterling you know and then she was in Rockford, so, you know, could she have gone back to Wisconsin? But remember, she had six hours. Yes. The trip is only two and a half hours from uh, Wisconsin yes, yes, to yes, yes. Sterling, and it's going to be even less to rock from Wisconsin to Rockford. So she totally could have been in Wisconsin yeah. at the Dells, yeah. driven down to Sterling, made the calls, yeah. Went back. gone to Mount Carroll, ditched her phone, zoomed back up to the Dells, dropped Timothy off. And made it back down to Rockford in time to check into her hotel. So, yeah. Just to really throw everybody off. Yeah. Which, in that case, yeah, it makes sense if she goes to Mount Carroll to ditch her phone. That's just pretty so, tight, though. That, it is that tight. Stuff. It is yeah. very tight. But, you know. Yeah. That way, it's, like, it's very untraceable, you know? Yeah. Um. Okay. So, Anderson, who was the leader of the Endeavor Academy, died in 2008. But the community has remained active, working towards enlightenment. So back when Anderson was leading, he asked members to give up everything they didn't like. Working for a living, paying bills, painful relationships, sickness, and even death. And many people have disappeared into the group before. So that is one of the other theories of like why we haven't heard anything from him. What does this cult do? So what are they like? What are they known for? What is it? They're, what are the bad things that they do? So technically, asking. they're they're not really known for anything. And there was even like some confusion as to whether or not it was a cult. Uh, people who live in the area and like actually know people that have been in the group are like, no, this is totally a cult. You know, this is a cult. But they're just like, no, we're just like a church group who uh, they don't like to call themselves a community because they're all individuals community. working towards enlightenment towards a common goal like a cult like a cult <laughs> and yeah but they're they uh they are very adamant that they're not a cult um i guess in interviews oh with anderson before he died it did sound like it might have it was going towards a doomsday cult type scenario no. it could have been very bad as you know yeah. what people say but he died in 2008 and it's still and they're still alive right all right now I, can i re can i reevaluate my theory so Timothy's father is the leader of <laughs> the Endeavor Academy. There you go. There bam. you go. We don't know who the, the, apparently from all the articles I've read, they have not elected or whatever, mm. however cults do their thing. There is not right a now new leader? a new leader. Because it's who Timothy they, and he's too small. Who they call <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you just wait. It's like Gandhi, you know, <laughs> right? Or the Dalai Lama. I don't know. Which one is sure. it? I don't know. Mm. This sounds real bad. Um, I'm just waiting for him to grow up. Um, <laughs> That's but, it. He needs to reach puberty. Right. And then he can. All jokes aside, I really hope he's okay. Right. I really hope he's alive and he's okay. Again, a lot of people well. don't believe that Amy would actually hurt him. She does have yeah. a history of depression, so they're not necessarily surprised that she killed that herself. That she killed herself, they but of, killing her son, that's a whole... They, they did not... Jim still believes to this day that he's still alive somewhere, so... Which is well, why he's surprised that... He hasn't, hasn't reached out. Anything. Right. But, like... But, 
if you're in a cult. If you're in a cult and if you're a child and you got, you know, there's, right. there's a lot of, a, a lot, lot of, of factors, factors, a lot of things that could have happened. But if he's in a cult, chances are he's going to be leading that cult in a few years and we'll see from Timothy again. That's Karen and Georgia would say. You're in a cult. Oh, really? Call your dad. Call your dad. <laughs> Call your dad. <laughs> okay. Dad. So to quick wrap up, um, oh. When Timothy went missing, he was six years old, four foot two, seventy pounds. He's a white male with brown hair and brown eyes. He was last seen wearing green or blue shorts, a brown t-shirt, white socks, and a Spider-Man backpack. Anyone with information is asked to call the Aurora Police Department at six three zero two five six five zero zero zero. Wow. So that's, yeah. That's what I got. Isn't that interesting? How we both ended up telling stories of. Children? Yeah. Little boys, actually. Child, child boys. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have um, somehow done a good job of s- syncing up our cases. Yeah. Surprisingly. They, it's 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 really strange how that happened. And just for, for you guys listening, just so you know, we don't discuss which case we're covering. We don't give each other any hints beforehand. We literally come in blind and tell our stories and record it. Mm-hmm. That way... Our reactions are genuine and our, our questions are are genuine and they come up on the spot. That's why you hear a lot of uh, little background research being done. All right. So uh, thank you again for listening and we will see you in a month-ish, right? Sounds good. Um, oh, um, hmm. happy... Fourth of July. There you go. Happy Canada Day. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, everybody have fun. Party safe. All right. That's right. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.